Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. to thank everyone for joining me this Thursday for the Paula Price Show. I'm looking at the the outstanding view we have here, and I'm thanking God for you. We've been doing this for a long time, and I like this. Every week I get excited. You know why? Because this is such a major milestone breakthrough for me. I get excited when Thursday comes. I want to talk to you, and it's the one time I can talk to you. You know, this is a teach, talk, touch format. I get to teach you what the Lord is talking about, talk to you about what's on his mind, and touch you with his word, his prayers, etc. So this is a blast for me. Uh, If you haven't told anybody yet, let them know I'm on. Share, share, share. Tell them Dr. Paula Price is on the line on Blog Talk Radio here out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) God is moving here in Tulsa, and he's moving with us. Um, Ashley, guess what I want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about our recent Portland trip with Dr. Ulf Spears, who is our regional prophet in that area, and he's a regional prophet for Near New Era Apostleship Restitution, and he hosted the first um, prophetic ed institution. We hosted it. We had a great time. Turnout was wonderful, made amazing connections and breakthroughs. So let's talk about that. And while we're talking about it, we can, you know, wait for Chief to come on and she can talk about her part of it as the Chief Prophet. Amen. Well, what I love about Prophetic Ed and our events in general are they make impact. Um, Not just, ooh, that was cool, wow, I'm revived, I'm inspired. People walk away changed. And they can articulate how they've been changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's a, a very strong uh, point to look for when you're searching for what programs to get into or where to attend or where to go. Mm-hmm. Are people just saying it's anointed and it's really good? Or it's like, no, I was this person when I came in. I was this person when I left. I didn't know this. I do know this. Um, because you go in to all of your teachings and trainings with goals, objectives, what the students should know, what they should be able to do with this information, what you will be able to do with this information, outcomes, outgrowth, follow-up, follow-through. And as a result, people don't just get good information. They get transformation. Mm-hmm. And they get direction. And they get direction. They get deliverance. They find out, especially as far as prophets go, why they've been rejected or why their mentor or their ministry was working. And it's like, oh, okay. Many times, lots of things, many of us thought. And so, um, Prophetic Ed in Portland was beyond all of, all of our expectations, but definitely on point with the Word of God concerning your life, concerning Christ University, Prophetic Ed, proving that it is time the body of Christ is crying out for the structure, mm-hmm. the order, the academia. And they really cried out for it. Yes. 
I mean, that's the part that got us. I've been doing this for uh, more than three decades. And, you know, building, sharing, building, sharing. I now realize that that was all the whole testing, proving, validating process for the thing God wants to do. And so throughout all of those years, I never heard such a hunger and a heart cry for order, for structure. And this is from prophets. Now, prophets are going to come on. Prophets, you know, uh, the default response is, don't you buy Mm-mm, don't buy me, or, you know, this is my free for all, you know, my free flow. And so, but prophets, you know, we had literally dozens of prophets in there saying, you know, but this is what was missing. And they saw it as the missing link. Yes. They said, this is the missing piece. And uh, we all have a word from God. Prophets are smart. God speaks to them, you know, pretty strongly, very directly. And yet they knew that this is the piece. We went through the session all day class on Saturday. We did a lot of interaction, Q&A, and all of those kinds of things, and still managed to get the information out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, prophets are intelligent. You say this continuously. And it was proven for sure in that environment, asking intelligent, thought-provoking questions. Challenging. And it's like, okay, yes. Now I know I'm not crazy. Now I know I'm hearing God. This was such a powerful uh, venue and a powerful response to what we've been doing. But I think what got me was how the prophets are ready to throw away the old and pick up their task in the new. They're like, yeah, that wasn't us. That was somebody, but it wasn't us. And they got lost in someone else's mandate, someone else's mission, someone else's vision, someone else's purpose in the church and purpose in the world. And they, so we kept seeing them emerge out of it. And the, the ideal thing about prophetic ed is prophetic ed does stand for education. You all remember I used to do prophetic ed. Go back on Facebook and Periscope, dig in the archives. We have, a, I have a, a, almost a year or so of prophetic ed. And so they understand what it means. Now, more than they ever did, they understand the prophet, what makes a prophet of Jesus Christ different. They understand why people uh, have a love-hate relationship with the prophets of God. We understand that a prophet, there are prophesiers, which are your giftings, and prophets, which is your office. As a matter of fact, I think the most shocking thing that I said was that the prophet's office has yet to be open. The prophet's office is closed. And it's been closed for uh, centuries, to be honest with you, at least a century, and it's been closed for a specific reason. And when I laid out all of the points that showed that it was closed, those people realized, so I'm yet to be full-fledged a prophet because I, ha- I can't enter the office because the office is closed. Teacher, I'm raising my hand. She's raising her hand. I want to say that... In, you know, in Scripture, when you hear that the word of the Lord was scarce, mm-hmm. it wouldn't say much. In our modern minds, we're like, ooh, it's obvious when God is talking because prophets are still running their mouth. Yes. <laughs> I like that. But in this era, we can see the word of the Lord is truly rare. It's scarce. And it's not until we hear someone like you begin to speak and teach, not just prophesy, that you realize 
And did they not say it? Yeah. They said, well, what have we been hearing? Who's been talking? What have we been listening to? And then the other part uh, is that piece when we talked about measurements. Remember the role play. You know, we're not selling this, guys. We're just giving you some highlights. This is now property of Price University exclusively. So you, if you want to get all of that, you will have to enroll in Price University's prophetic ed program. And there is a prophetic ed program, which is a non-degree program for those of you who are called to minister, to stand in the office of the prophet, and discharge its duties. So, but we're sharing. What can you say about the point when we did the measurement exercise? Well, the measurement exercise proves the point probably better than, certainly than what the, the class was expecting. Um, you even asking the class to measure to the students to measure what anointing. Yeah, give me a measurement for anointing. That uh, was the, that was. Uh, how do you measure anointing? Because we don't we we don't realize the things that we deem as the pinnacle of you have arrived in ministry are the things that you can't measure. I said, because I wanted them to be able to measure the anointing, record the measurement, and create a register. And they couldn't do it because the anointing is liquid. And so the answers were amazing. We enjoyed that. And they appreciated that. That was a very effective um, exercise, I think. Well, while we've been chatting, though, Chief Prophet has rolled on in. So bring your chair over here because, you know, we had an extraordinary time in the, in the whole weekend. But I always like to hear from this, this vantage point. So I want to wrap up the, the piece on measuring. So we did the whole measurement piece and found out that the way we validate a prophet or an apostle, frankly, any five-folder, is with fluid, not, um, fluid and floating measurements. So there, there, we don't have ranges. It has, we have waves and floats. And so our, the measurement system is waves and floats. And having that as our standard, we still don't know whether or not we were going to do well as a prophet. And so I'm going to lead into my conversation with my beloved Chief Prophet Plus. I think I'm going to be Chief Prophet Plus. Hey, <laughs> I, like I like it. But I'm going to lead into that by saying that, we, that for decades we have not really gotten what God is doing. And we have been told that you can't measure prophecy. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you're, if you're taking notes, I want to say this to you today. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If I can, if I can measure a sermon as inspired by God, then I can measure a prophecy that is inspired by God. Because I'm measuring communications and articulations of the spiritual thoughts of God. So you see, that's already a problem because most of these people are out here saying things, telling you you can't measure them. How about this, Ashley? How about the, the uh, what we call the 15% rule? Mm. You want to take that one off? Yes, she can. You, do you remember? About error. error oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Margie Vera, sure. Um, she actually, said Margie. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this. I was on one of my post-discussion advisements yesterday in dealing with the benchmark mm -hmm. and how benchmark is 15, uh, you know, 15%, 85% with 
15% from 85 to 100. And so we're talking about the industry standard of what is considered an acceptable margin of error in these top companies, middle companies, companies in general. Right. And uh, how <laughs> when you begin to break down, well, if we find that 15%, because when you put it in that language, it was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. 15% error, that's, that's unacceptable. I don't want uh, 15% of the prophecies that I get to fail to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Because, that, you, you know, we want, well, ideally, all of a sudden, all prophecy to have 0% mm-hmm. error, 100% mm-hmm. accuracy, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you took it out of the numeric realm. Yes, and you put it in the realm of these are people's lives, and you measured prophecy just in that example. Fifteen out of 100 things you say will be wrong. Hey, while we're talking, tell us your feelings on that 15% margin of error. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts. So continue from Ashley. So it was like shock and awe in the room. Indignation. Yes. Then all of a sudden, we need to have training. Well, we do that too, because on the other side of us uh, rushing to demonstrate our gifts and, and be on the microphone and on the stage, we lose sight of the fact that these are people's lives. When you say, so which prophecy is about you telling somebody who to marry? Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong one, the wrong five. <laughs> what's that going to do? If you give in a year, you know, those, because some people, that's all they focus on. Uh-huh. Marriage and pairing people together. And they're wrong 60% of the time. And you're wrong, yeah. Oh, sure. And yeah. two years yeah. later, that prophesied marriage is in trouble. Three years later, it's a divorce. Well. Oh, Evangelist Elaine said, I can error all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love that. But, um, and so, uh, and that's, and and 15% is way too high, but because we're reinstituting the office for a a limited period of time, we're going there. Our goal is 97% with only a 3% error rate. Mm -hmm. We, we literally, once you're in our program, we will not accept that you are ready if you have anything higher than a a 97% error rate, because that means that even at that case, you are causing three prophecies to shipwreck or misdirect a life. Now, how would you help them uh, determine that? I'm going to let you in. Come on in. Oh, I'm coming over. Come on in. I'm coming over. Come on over. Hi, everybody. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, did you learn? I did. Oh. I learned by watching you. <laughs>
the co- the corroboration or cooperation between the prophecy and the and the hearer. So those three factors. Mm-hmm. How will we determine accuracy? I'm going to take the Bible's model. And if you look in Scripture, there are those who were highly trained who were sent out with the word right away. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah was already a priest. Right. And he had already been trained as a priest. He'd already known the law of God. He knew the word of God. He had already served in public ministry. Mm-hmm. So when God called him, even though he was young, when we say young back then, they thought anybody under 50 was, they still do, don't they? Mm-hmm. Y'all be still trying to get some credibility. So <laughs> my, my little millennials, like, and my post millennials, guys, we, we, but the first premise I will use is education. And I say that because when, if we did not have such a short educational program and process, we would know the people we are actually empowered. So you go to a weekend and you get education in, in the high points of whatever that, that trainer, that prophet thinks should know, which is the minimum, because education is always addressing the minimum. And so, um, so the first thing I would do is have an extended education program, which we have. We need to stop telling people you're ready to take on folks' lives as a counselor, as an advisor, as a futurist, et cetera, because you had a weekend training. So that would be my first step. Mm-hmm. Now, in that, over that educational period, there are classes, there are lectures, mm-hmm. there are assignments, there are practicums, there are practice, there are simulations, there are a whole lot of things that's going to let me know your error rate. You mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, you want to? It's in the system. So you should not authorize ordain, approve, or even certify someone that whose error rate you don't know. So we don't care. See, they don't care about the lives. They don't care about the lives. They don't care about your lives because if they did, they would do the same thing that our secular counterparts do. You would have to have some practices. You'd have to have class. You'd have to have a um, internship. You'd have to have what is it? The simulations and residency. You don't care about any of that. They are not trying to be correct in your life because their program says that accuracy is the least important factor in getting their profits in the field. And do you think that it's uh, least important because we feel like the accuracy is God's responsibility? I can say that's a factor in it. Okay. But I would think a higher factor is that they believe that everybody's gift is automatic to redemption, so there really doesn't have to be a whole lot of human development to perfect that gift. Because the most important thing we've seen over the last several years under the uh, the charismatic, um, uh, uh, what I want to say, uh, premise or platform is that getting you in the field is the most important thing. That's what you hear because they're doing it as evangelists. Getting evangelists in the field, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, is not the same as equipping a prophet to staff, guard, and corral the kingdom of Christ. That's two different things. So operating under the the charismatic model, give you three weeks, 
six weeks, and then let you go, certify you and let you go. Well, you're not doing anything but delivering babies. So that's an EMT service. We're not delivering babies. We now have to make the baby a future success in society, mm. a good citizen of the kingdom, a good guardianship of Jesus Christ, a good uh, learner and disseminator of his word. So my, my experience has been, and I've been to enough of these, uh, you know, kind of discussions and roundtables, the, the, the problem is they think that anything you do for God shouldn't take a lot of time or effort or investment. And because they believe that, they will project error on you rather than hurt the feelings of the person who say, you're sitting on my gift. Mm. Mm. Come on, talk back to me out there. We want to hear you. That's does that speak? Well, it does. I think that you said something. I think, uh, of course, everything you just said to me was, um, you know, replete with a lot of uh, profundity and invitation for us as prophets. However, the piece about redemption the fact that you think that your gift is redeemed mm-hmm. um, or, or because you as a person are in the process of redemption, your gift is redeemed and as a result is, is um, operating under a perfection that doesn't require your own mental intelligence, character, or involvement mm-hmm. to produce accuracy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a profound statement. I think that's something that's a subplot mm-hmm. because I do believe that that's why we are more anointing-reliant then we are accuracy. Yes, that's why when mm-hmm. we talk about the measurement, you know, issue mm-hmm. that why we're measuring people strictly by the anointing because they feel like everything is 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 God. It's all God. It's it's Him doing it, and everything they say is God. Right. Everything they do is God because it came with salvation. Exactly. And I think that you're hitting the crux of why a lot of prophets are out there. It'd be interesting to see what your audience says, but why a lot of prophets out there don't believe they need the training because they feel like redemption has made up for their human deficiency. You're right. And here's the thing that I, I find so in, extraordinary is that you don't believe that on anything else. You don't believe that when you get born, your your parents put you in daycare, they put you in, in you know, pre-K, K, you have to go to school for up to 18, 20 years to be considered useful to society. Yes. And you have to do, and with all of that, you still have to have homework and tutelage, et cetera. That's you get out of high school, you get into college, guess what? You got to do four more years mm-hmm. to be useful to society as an adult. Mm-hmm. And then you, and also to be productive or at least beneficial to an organization, to jobs and, and communities and all that. You don't even, as a matter of fact, if you are really serious about your future, you're angry if you get in a class with a teacher that won't teach. You feel cheated. You try to get into the best schools you can find to do this. Why? Because you believe you are helping humanity. You're making an impact on society. You are also contributing to its economy and its commonwealth. You believe that. And when we come to the prophetic, when you're telling people to get up and leave their country, Mm -hmm. to get up and move, uh, buy a house, not buy a house, to Mm -hmm. to have a surgery, not have a surgery, to do a job or not do a job, to marry this one, to uh, open this business, and all of those other things that we're supposed to be advisors for and counsels for, all of a sudden you think that should run out of your blood gut. (laughs) You cannot redeem gifts and talents. Your spirit is your spirit is redeemed. Your soul is covered and protected. Your body 
is not in the whole equation at all, except as much as it's needed to fulfill God's purposes, which is why it goes back to the dust. So here you are, most of you all, you're angry with prophets. I I cannot tell you how many people say to me, don't don't give me another prophecy. I don't, mm -mm. Don't, don't, don't even do it. Don't even do it. And I don't get offended. And you know why I don't get offended? Because I'm so good at this that we don't have to have that discussion. So, and I'm good at it because I'm meant to be good at it. Most of these prophets never meant to be good. They never meant to be accurate. They meant to be opportunistic. They wanted their gift to make room for them. I practice being good, and I make my students practice being good. I never got in this to be mediocre. I never got in this to be a mistake. I never got in this to be error. I didn't get in this to, to discredit my God. I didn't get in this to misquote and misrepresent my king. I did not get into this for those reasons. And so I am what I am because that's what I decreed to be. The best God has. I'm going to be the, if, if I don't care where, I'm going to be the best God has in the world. That is what I told him. That is what I vowed to him. I promised I would never lie on him. I promised I would never misrepresent him. I promised I would not misquote him and then follow it up with some excuse about environment and hearers and listeners. It's up to to the Holy Ghost to clarify what God says. And he has ways of doing it beyond what you can dream. This man has been at this a long time, and he's beyond good. So I'm not in this to wreck your life. At at the expense of my opportunity to let people see or hear that I hear from God. I don't need to make a statement on everything. You notice I don't. Because I'm discharging the office. That's good. Wow. I like it. Um, I think that, again, what you just outlined, I think, for a lot of people who are wondering, about what the difference is between gift versus office, I think you kind of outlined that just in your own approach mm-hmm. to how you stepped into the prophetic. Uh, many people step into this to express, to be used, to be heard, and as you said, um, to be public. Yeah, to be public and to have those opportunities for accolades, affirmation, and all of those kinds of things. And of course, the green. How can we forget the dollar dollar bill? And I think that you really, in just this moment. Uh, depicted for us the difference between the gift and the officer. You care about God, you care about his reputation, and you care about uh, keeping your uh, not only personal covenants, but I would even say professional standards uh, to him. Mm -hmm. You came up with your own list of professional standards that would be the avenue through which you would execute your covenant. And you took the mentality you had when you were working in business, and transferred it to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to be good in business. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to make, you know, make money and all that at the time. But I I pulled those same standards and mentality into being excellent at this craft, Mm -hmm. a slightly different reward, okay, pursuit. But nonetheless, the mentality is there. And I think that for us as, as believers, we feel like that there are two different mentalities. You save your excellence for the world. Exactly. And you save your professionality for your job. You don't bring that into kingdom because there's love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, and that's the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. And God accepts us all. Exactly. But understand, God accepts all souls. He doesn't accept all actions. 
I can do it. He said it. We assume <laughs> that because God accepts you as a sinner, that he also just accepts you as a, as a superb servant, a quality servant. See, you were, you were a sinner by nature, but you are an ineptitude or inadequate by performance, by knowledge, and by experience. So we have to separate that evangelical objective, which is perfect. We need everybody in the kingdom. Bring them in. We don't care what you don't know how to do. Come on in. But we also need to know that there's a reason why he says, you know, uh, first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly, teachers. Because they are the ones that acclimate you to the, to the kingdom. The teacher's job is to make you a productive citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ to his advantage, prone to his best interest. Wow. He's definitely powerful. Well, you always do. But I think that um, what, what's interesting about that is that if you think about that from a, a, your daily life standpoint, we have people who are American citizens or classified as members of our nation here they do absolutely nothing. They can live out in the woods. They can have, you know, eat fish all day. They can be unknown be on the earth, grid. be off the grid, you know, be living under a bridge. It doesn't matter. So they can do all of those things, and yet by purpose of them being uh, in the country, having some sort of record, you know, yeah. of their birth, Social Security, et cetera, they're citizens. But when you want to become a professional, you have to take on a whole different type of standards. Like there's a whole different uh, type of responsibilities, accountabilities, and due diligences that are encumbered upon you if you want to enter the professional society of our country. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just want to live and, and, and enjoy your freedoms and enjoy your whatever, no one's bothering you, a stay-at-home, be a stay-at-home mom, you mm-hmm. know, raising children. Grandma. But the, my, grandma. <laughs> but the moment that you want to enter the professional society, it, it requires a whole different kind of response and responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, uh, 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 an onus that is put on your talents, now on your abilities, like you said, you know, and I think that that's interesting that that concept is very true in the nation of Jesus Christ. You want to come in and just be saved, you're going to come in, you're going to be saved. But when you want to enter the king's service, then there and is a role on the commonwealth. Yes. For that service. For that service. I, you, there's a whole different set of standards and qualifications mm-hmm. and other things that pop up, that regulations even, and performance codes that pop up so that you can perform a service versus just enjoying the benefits of citizenship. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful mm-hmm. statement. And sometimes not even the benefits, just the experience. Yeah, because right. Because some people, some people don't, don't enjoy that. I don't want Social Security. Thank you. I don't need to be in the system. That, you know, that's fine. But when you want to draw, two things have to happen. Mm-hmm. When you want to draw on the Commonwealth, that's good. Of the king. That is good. You know that's so good. Woo! Come on with it. That's oh, the that. Good one. Yeah. Yes. That was and good. when you want to be and handle the king's public, boom. You must come into the system. Mm-hmm. You cannot handle the king's public outside of the system because the system guardians are not going to let you mislead, misdirect, defraud, etc. its citizens. Mm. And that's the attitude we have. It's kind of like it'd be, if it, I would imagine, it'd be almost like your cop or your doctor, your lawyer saying, I don't know what to do. I just live here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I just live here. Why are you I don't even know why they gave me the badge. I got to wear know? this blue. I, I don't like blue. I'm exactly. not going to 
all these, these, these entities that are designed to represent you, to save your life or protect you, to have active responsibility mm-hmm. for you as a citizen saying, well, we shouldn't have a performance code. We shouldn't be held to anything. I mean, we just live here like you. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I'm just here to get my, my share. Exactly. I'm just here to get my share, get my part, and, and have my opportunities. That's all I want. I don't want to do anything else but that. And when you think about that, right, and you understand that, you realize that that's what we do to God, and that's why the kingdom is crumbled and the church is being absorbed because we brought on to do the rebellious mm-hmm. cultural norms. See, this rebellion started, what it did, it started like, I mean, we always had it, but it started really gaining momentum in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of built itself up to the riots of the 60s where we had, you know, Woodstock and, and the psychedelic drug era and take off your clothes, burn your bra, swing your boobs, stay high, be so high, you don't have to take responsibility for what you do, be so high, you don't realize that what you're doing has a, has a consequence. And then and, and from the 60s onward, we've been, literally force-feeding that into the systems of our, com- our country and into the systems of the world. It's been squeezed in and squeezed in, and we've been injecting it here and injecting it there so we get to where we are today. And we started with, with, with the church. We took the church out because of the church's, A, emphasis, and, and two, inferiority. Because inferior Christians will let anything ride. Mm. Secure Christians are what they ought to be, anchors, pillars, but you said about that word secure. Secure. Like security. Security. Thank <laughs> you. Secure Christians secure the kingdom. And so mm. what we had is we allowed, we created a lot of insecure leaders and gave them rewards, position, and status, and their insecurity became the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. And it's that insecurity mm. that they bred in their congregations and they bred in their their leadership, and they bred in their sermons. And so they began to, people began to feast on leadership weakness mm-hmm. or leadership insecurity or worse yet, leadership uh, intimidation and I want to say curiosity. I mean, confusing. I mean, these people were just confused. I'm reading back. I went back to read the whole account of how uh, scripture was taken, I mean, prayer was taken out of school. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the arguments that were waged to win that thing, and they were so stupid. I was like, I said, that walked? Don't tell me that controversy, that opposition walked. Mm-hmm. So I started reading other cases, because you wonder how I, I know this stuff. I started reading other mm-hmm. cases. And when I started reading those cases, because people don't think, you, you know, they think that you just sit here and wait, because they think you get wisdom the way they got it in their sleep after a drink. But that's not how it goes. And so I started reading the arguments against Christianity, and I started reading them from going back to the 50s and the 60s and the resistance and and all of that kind of stuff, and I said, don't tell me that walked. I don't believe that's all they had to do. So I am adamant about us knowing that. So in our program, our prophets don't walk out just being able to prophesy. Their walk out to be, being able to process, persuade, and propel. That's what they do. So I'm not looking for prophets who say, I just, want to, I just want to use my gift. You are not one of my prophets. I want the prophets who say, this is crazy. 
and we need to fix this. I cannot believe that this is why God made me a prophet. I cannot believe this is why God walked me on my job. I cannot believe this is why God moved me cross country. I cannot believe this is it. If this is it, then I made a mistake and I didn't hear the right God. That's who I want. That's who I want. Amen. When you look at the argument, where were the prophets back then to help those 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 leaders and scholars and uh, and uh, uh, what do you call them the um, advocates, lobbyists. lobbyists protect the church? Where were they out there trying to find a place to prophesy in the backyard, in the garage, or in somebody's trunk, in somebody's hallway, in the field? In the field. Literally, we had field agents. We have field agents coming in there acting like they they got the word of the Lord. And so I'm having, uh, I'm very adamant about this. And yes, I'm passionate about it. But I did my research. I earned the right to say what I say and to build the curriculum that I built because I did my homework. Well, you didn't build the curriculum for us to just express ourselves. You built a curriculum for us to address issues, and I think that's very different. Not every uh, spiritual and Bible. Uh, uh, program and curriculum is designed for you to really address God's issues uh, outside of, you know, apologetics and giving a defense for the gospel. But even beyond that, beyond us uh, spreading the good news or people's challenges with our message, we have challenges against our institution. We have challenges against our foundation. What I like about Christ You Learn Today, Lead Tomorrow, is that we're not taking the lead in just our ability to express and sermonize and get a word out there and spread a message but you're trying to get us to lead in, in solutions, lead in strategies, lead in combating the, the problems and the things that have mounted against the church. It started with something as small as prayer out of school to us now having to fight for the amendment, whether the amendment to protect religious rights will remain. Mm-hmm. Okay? It started with just that small. And why? We never believed that day would come. We never believed that we would get there. They didn't fight prayer in schools because, again, that's the challenge when you are at the top or you are the prevailing thing. You start thinking there's no way. How many institutions? Okay, someone told you that about an airline. They said, we're so big and we're so successful, nothing can take us down. And I think that mentality seeped into the consciousness of the church of that era. There's no way people would get to a place that we are where we are today, where you can't even mention Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And you could talk about Buddha and everybody else. Oh my. But you know whose job that was? It wasn't the evangelist's job to do. The evangelists were doing their job when they were bringing people into the kingdom and converting souls. It's the apostles and prophets' job to secure the kingdom and keep their king on top. That is our job. That is not something that we can pick up. If you're going to, going to carry the title, your job is to secure the kingdom of Jesus Christ and to keep him on top, keep him at the, at the head of world table. That is our job. That is what we did. That is how we became the great nation we are today, and that is how we're going to remain. And we're going to have to start educating you to do your jobs instead of you walking around frustrated, hoping that God will hear your prayer. I'm bringing you out of these prayer closets. I'm getting you out of your weeping circles. I'm bringing you out of your grave cloth. I'm bringing you out of your struggling guard. I'm bringing you from under the yoke of the enemy. And I'm telling you, we're going to do this thing. I have no doubt in my mind. There is not a, I'm telling you, not a question in my soul. We're going to do this thing. And trust me, the enemy knows we've already won. Our job is to our job, our job is to fill you with the ability to sit at these tables and model your king and represent his glory 
and articulate his governance. That is our job. And we do it according to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. The apostles were not told to go disciple souls. Mark says, preach the gospel to every creature. But Matthew, who was about the king, said, go disciple nations. So, yes, our program is what it is. It's not going to change. It's not going to soften. We're not going to put a lacquer over what was. We're building the institutional advocacy, intervention, communications, and advice systems that God has always used to cause his creation to yield to him. Amen. Oh, that's good. I had to slap in the middle of it. <laughs> I got a middle of the car. <laughs> I, I think the most powerful thing um, that uh, one of, because we said several, but I think one of the uh, most powerful takeaways of this conversation is that secure Christians can secure the church. Mm-hmm. I think that the whole discussion about how this culture and the cultural modification of Christianity has made us the most insecure group, right, than we've ever been in, in concerning our identity. Completely insecure. Why don't want people to think I'm judging? Why don't want people to think I'm wrong? Why don't people think I don't walk in love? Why don't people think I, that God's like this or God's like that or I'm this way or I'm that way? And, and so much so that we've bound up our own mouth and our own inability to really just spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're, we're feeling so insecure. The world new, or I should say, a new depiction and description of Christianity has made us very insecure as Christians I mean, because we're believing mm-hmm. that their opinion of us should become the standard of how we live and, and, and operate our faith. No, if they cry because we lead them to Jesus Christ, we traumatize them. Now, they cry over your movie. Oh, come on now, let's get real. They cry over your movie. They cry over your story. Matter of fact, you don't feel you won secularly if you haven't invoked some tears. Come on, get it. Get don't it, do it because I'm not the one. Yes, right. I'm so not that kind of Christian. We said that to someone this weekend. This guy came at me. I said, oh, no, you meant the wrong kind of Christian. I'm not an evangelical Christian. I love evangelical Christians. I'm not a charismatic Christian. And I love them. But understand, we don't roll like that. We're not that kind of Christian. I'm rolling out the new kind of Christian. We're not doing it anymore. I love it. Well, what I love about that dialogue is the fact that you did not respond, and I have that happened to me as well. Mm-hmm. I had a similar uh, 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 situation, but you didn't respond with that. Their the traditional insecurity that they were banking on. They were banking on us feeling insecure because they did not want to believe in Jesus Christ. So this person felt like that we were pushing our faith on them, and we're trying to make us feel insecure about that. But let me say. In church where I preached. Right. This is after, what are you doing here? And, right. This is after the sermon. So we had, <laughs> we had atheists in the church after the sermon. So it, well, this was after the sermon, okay, and he was there to support someone else. But he was expecting, and I found that when the atheists came to visit our church before for the women's meeting, they also were expecting us to respond insecurely. So this, this young person's response to me was, I'm sorry, I just, I just, I hope you're not offended. Because I just really don't believe in it. I don't mean to offend you. I'm sorry. And was expecting this whole insecure response. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We're not offended. We're very secure in what we believe about Jesus Christ. And as you said to this young man, we already know he's the best. As far as we're concerned, you're the one that's losing out. 
So we're not having the, this, this traditional response of, oh, my gosh, this person doesn't believe. Well, what's wrong? Well, this is what's wrong with the church. We can't get people. This is why people don't believe. This is why atheists don't have faith. This is why they won't come to church. Whoa. First of all, all of us were born atheists. Whoa. We got born again to cease to be atheists. All of us, everybody was born. We all born, were born not believing in God and not believing in Jesus Christ. That's how you come into the world. Psalm 58.3 tells you that. The minute they are born, they go all straight, speaking lies. I'm telling you. But you see that. But you were able to counteract that by letting him know that Jesus Christ isn't crying over your unbelief. No, and isn't. neither are we. Like, we're not crying about the fact that you don't believe in God. We're not all of a sudden something's wrong with Christianity, something's wrong with our faith, because you can't find your way. And I think that that is the, the secure Christian mm-hmm. that can secure the church, because we shouldn't have to change because you have issues with God. You're not changing because we have issues with your sin. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that the secure people, and it takes that mentality, it takes us realizing, again, that we're not the problem. We are the solution. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say a way. And so I'm, I, I'm like this. I tell everybody who doesn't believe, so y'all all can hear me right now. No, Dr. Paula Price said it. <laughs> Jesus loved the world, so loved the world. He came as a mortal to die in it to give us an opportunity to get out of mortality into his immortality. So he did that. He sent the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost populated the planet with the church of Jesus Christ because that's who came to earth with him. But I need you to understand, just because Jesus loves you doesn't mean he's not going to send you to hell. Because I'm going to tell you something. Before the cross, everybody went to hell. So don't get it in your mind that we don't understand. A lot of you all don't know that. See, a lot of you all don't even know Jesus himself went to hell. And if God sent his only begotten son to hell because of the sin that he himself put on him, you need to recognize Jesus loves you, but he loves his world more. And he doesn't want this in his world. So your sin is not invited in his world on purpose. So he doesn't care about that. There won't be a great revolution. They had that. Revelation 12, they had the great revolution. Let's tear up the world of righteousness. Let's tear up the world of sin. Let's just demolish the world of goodness. Let's demolish truth, and let's trash it and kill its citizens. They did that in Revelation 12. And if you're an atheist and you think God is going to bring you back up there again to have another one of that, you need to think again because he's not doing it. So don't get it in your mind that we Christians don't understand why we are going to heaven and why Others will not. We are conforming to the citizenship of the world to come. And God has another world coming. It looks nothing like this, acts nothing like this, doesn't even populate like this. And that world will eliminate this one. There's already a new heaven and a new earth in the wings. God made it. Well, I don't even know where he's starting it, but you know he is God. But I want to tell you that. So I don't listen to Don't give me all of that. I'm an atheist, and I just don't believe you because I don't care. What I care about is those God's drawing, not the ones who are pushing them away. You heard it here, folks? First of all, I want you to, I don't care about that. Are you I know kidding me? I know, yeah. right. I need my honey. I'm taking care of my honey. I live to take care of my sugar pie. I live to take care of my Jesus. I live for him to have what it is, and I'm never going to never gonna forget it. And I know I'm not dying, so there we go. Now, I may drop flesh, but I am not dying. Right. Hallelujah. Well, and I think that it takes that kind of faith because a lot of people have a a lot more faith in what they're experiencing in this world than in this world to come. And it takes that kind of faith. You think about the faith that wrote those scriptures Mm -hmm. where these men who sacrificed their lives because they understood that they were 
a part of the culture and the citizenship of the world to come. And I think that for us, you know, it's hard for many, many Christians. I, I tell them they need a dose of realism because many, many Christians don't believe in the reality of that world enough to sacrifice what, what they have to in this one. Exactly. And so that takes an extraordinary amount of faith in Jesus Christ, which is why he said without it you can't even please him because you have to start on that foundation to get to the place of wanting to transform for something you have not seen, a place you've never been, okay, and a God that is, you know, invisible. Now, we're doing it for crazy things here on earth. We know it, okay, drugs. what I am. I find if we have that seed of faith, that little muckering grain. I find that you will see God's kingdom. He said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. That's right. That's right. And and then you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God, which means you can't see the door or the gate unless you're born again. Right. Because you have to see it from their internal spiritual apparatus. Mm -hmm. So your inner soul can't see God's world because you have not allowed God to open your eyes with the faith that you need. So faith is like the door key and the lock. So I, I found that the minute I stopped saying, what? And I start saying, oh, you got a real, oh, I began to go there. And I started going there and having access. And he gave me access because he knew I would not come back and kill what's precious to him with my mouth. Or my fear. Right. And I think that's important because you, you have to see the kingdom, and then, of course, you need the water of the spirit to enter in it. And, enter in, and by the time you're in it, then you see it. It's exactly. kind of like I see a door, but I don't see what's on the other side of it exactly. until I gain access exactly. through the door. And so yes. I think that that's, that's how Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am right. the life. So this is really wonderful for us. I'm telling you, apostles don't preach the gospel like anybody else. Prophets don't preach the gospel right. like anybody else, and they're the first two people to introduce it, introduce it to the world. We don't preach the gospel like that. Jesus is not up there crying about those who don't want him. It, it didn't say that. It says that Jesus is up there rejoicing over those who do. That's it. That's right. Now, he said, when, Jesus, when they say Jesus is weeping, you know what they're saying? They're, he's weeping because you're causing him to invoke a part of his covenant with the earth that he would prefer not to. So he's, he's not just weeping because you rejected him. That he's been, he's been living with rejection since the garden. So that's not new. <clears throat> he is weeping because you're causing him by rejecting his offer of salvation, the, the last thing he has, the greatest he has, and the last he has, you have rejected that. And when you reject it, then the other clauses of the gospel that you don't hear preached come into effect. If you deny me, I will deny you before my father and the holy angels. That's a gospel clause. If, you, if any man put forth his hand to touch the plow and then draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. He is not fit for the kingdom of God. See, there are gospel clauses you all haven't been taught because you've been dealing with the snake oil salesmen who only want to give you the upside. We want you to have the good stuff on the label and not the warnings and the print that takes it away. I'm going to go. What are my people saying? I have That's right. We need to find out. You, you asked them some things earlier, too, about uh, the measurements, right? Are they uh, talking to us? Okay. Well, you, uh, I think there's a lot of people think the gospel is just a prayer. 
Oh, oh, and, and our personal testimony. Yeah, the thing that you just said, <laughs> that's the gospel? Because it's good news. Uh, yeah, so. and good news is that I'm giving you a way out of Satan's gene pool. Someone said, come on now, I need to become a student. <laughs> yes, www.christuniversity.org. Yes, 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 become a student. Sign up today. Learn today. Lead Lead tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. And this is why you want to, because you can't take, you can't be the leader unless you know these things. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you have to know more than your followers. Well. You know, because yeah. if we have equal knowledge, then that's a that's a conversation. <laughs> we have more than that's a debate. Yes. Let's see. Uh, one says there has to be an investment into the kingdom. The bank doesn't allow you to make a withdrawal without a deposit first. Amen. Deposit yes. withdrawals when you were talking about that. Um, oh, I guess it only lets it go so far now. Okay, let's see here. This is real education. We are ready. Excellent. Wow. Uh, let's see. Let's take over. Oh, you were talking about loosening our tongues. Yep, let the feet come off our mouth. Yeah, the price is on fire. Mm-hmm. Come on, Dr. Price, teach. Don't play with my cheap apartment. <laughs> Hashtag off. Hashtag off. Walking heavy. Okay, this is your hot button for sure. Yes. All those things that were answered before, well, let me uh, uh-huh. pull up that. Okay. and help us in Bakersville, California. You have somebody tuning in from South Africa as well. Yes. I did Great. see that earlier. Uh-huh. That's excellent. That's awesome. Okay, Periscope, what you got to say? Periscope, Price, this is on point. Love this ministry. Someone said there is a lot of error out there. The church has taught against intelligence and excellence. Uh, some people talk too much. Somebody <laughs> said we should have prophet police. And you were talking about people that hire all those different movements and all, you know, the breast out and all that. Somebody said they still hire in 2017. I know. Higher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am glad to be a part of this tribe. Wow. Yes. That is exciting stuff. Well, we have another prophet out there in the prophet sphere. Okay. And so are you ready, Prophet Adia? Sorry. I'm helping. Hit that mute. Come on. Mute me. Mute. Mute, mute, mute. Is she there? Yeah, she's she's there. She's probably waiting in the wings where Oh, oh, yes, hold on. No, 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 no everything's good. So we should well, while we're waiting for her to find the button, we have an announcement. Uh, for those of you who are in the Tulsa, Oklahoma areas, Marcus Howard Ministries is holding a uh, Kingdom Believers Empowerment Summit that is, I like this, whose theme is Regaining Influence. That's our Viva. Regaining influence. He has a great lineup, and so I'm going to show you the picture. If can Periscope zoom in? Because you know they tell me Facebook can't zoom in while you're recording. So I think Periscope might be able to do something. Wonderful. And it's all right. Did it work? Okay. Good. And it's going to be October 26th to the 28th. We have a great um, meeting. And speakers, and there's so many of them, I'm not going to look like I cherry-picked. I'm going to just say, I'll be there. I'm on there. 
I'm in the picture. I got, they gave me a picture. It's wonderful. I will be there. It will be at the Cox Business Center, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And to get more information, go to www.kingdombelieverssummit.info. And they have done, I mean, gathered a bunch of business supporters, et cetera, mm-hmm. and speakers. But I like this, this goal, regaining mm-hmm. influence. Because the church has lost its influence in every sector. We're talking seven mountains or seven spheres. And you know what? We still have a long way to go to become a predominant influence in those areas. But I believe God's going to be with us and help us get there. Again, that's going to be October 26th through the 28th. It's going to be at Cox Business Center, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Empowerment Summit 17. And again, Marcus Howard Ministries, and uh, Regaining Influence. Hey, join me there. If you're there, come on down and get online to get your registration and your seat and everything else. Well, speaking of registration, we can talk about what's coming up for us as well. I'm going to go there. Maybe that's why she got stuck. Maybe so. Yeah. I want to tell you, where are my flyers? You know, I had a card here, but where's my, where are my flyers? Anyway, um, I want to tell you, again, we're coming up on our Apostolic Summit 2017, and our focus is discipling apostolic Christians. This shift is going to happen. It is not going away. And God raised us up to see to it that we would be the guardians of it, the catalysts, and the stewards of this shift. In order to get the apostolic leaders that we need, we need to start by making them apostolic Christians. Often when we do this event, you say, well, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. Yeah, but you are a Christian who was born again by the word of God. And if you were born again by the word of God, you are apostolic before you were anything else. You are fundamentally, genetically an apostolic Christian. So come find out how to do your part, how to shift how to move into the next thing. If that is your calling, God is not emptying out his churches because we're coming up, but God is tapping and drawing those he needs to help him pull this next thing off. If you want to be a part of helping God pull this next thing off, make sure you're here with us in Tulsa, Oklahoma, November 15th to the 18th. We will have the the, the, the flyer may be up on the screen by now. If not, it will be up there shortly, and then you can go and Go to drpaulaaprice.com to figure it out. When Prophet Adia comes on the line, she's going to give you some more specific information. Folks, this is a, this is a real change. This is not going to be anything like you remember. This is a real change. Pastors, bring your sheep. Now, you'll say, well, I'm, I'm a pastor. What does that have to do with me? We, and every move has to have its fivefold. Every move of God has to have its fivefold. So apostolic, discipling apostolic Christians requires its five folders to do it. Well, you cannot do it on the old pattern of the fivefold. You need to do it on the apostolic prophetic foundation of the fivefold, which started it all. See, we're taking you back to the first pattern. Yeah. This started it all. Apostles 
and prophets started this. Ephesians 2.20 said the church is on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We appreciate everything God did. We appreciate our pastors around the world. God bless you. I grace you, seal you, and protect you in the name of Jesus Christ. We appreciate our evangelists. We cover you with the blood of the Lamb. We raise up guards around you to cure your lives, even in dangerous territory. We appreciate the teachers. We continue to enlarge you and enlighten you by the Holy Ghost. But you three were not around when this began. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to tell the truth. We do. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. I am what? Way. The way, truth. the truth, and the what? Life. life. So the, the piece that's been missing in this equation is the truth. This thing got started and was founded with apostles and prophets. And so God, and the reason God is punching them up again and pulling them out of inactivity is because his kingdom is under assault and his church is being being perverted and and invaded by his adversaries. And apostles and prophets have the true pattern and the true word, the ones that are trained. Now, we have some step over, go to the store, pick up a title and and label. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these that are being commissioned. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of us around the world. So you want to make your way here to Tulsa, Oklahoma, November 15th to the 18th, 2017. You don't want to miss a moment of it, and you're going to find out what it is to be an apostolic Christian, how to transition your ministry and organization to an apostolic prophetic organization, and then you're going to find out get the tools you need to do so to train your people, train your leaders, and train your audiences. You never shift until you shift your head. Remember, the head turns first and then the body. And so we need to turn the head for the body to catch on. So, go again, go to drpaulaprice.com. Hallelujah. Yes, so that you can go ahead and register. I think we are still, might be just at the close of the buy one, get one window. Uh, uh, Prophet Adi will let you know, or if we're in already transitioning to the next um, promotional opportunity to go ahead and register. What I think is powerful about discipling the Apostolic Christian for those that are listening today is that if you are feeling placeless in the body of Christ, yes. then this is probably the event you should come to so that you can begin to identify why you may not fit in the current or prevailing stream. We all know that, okay, the evangelical empire is what it is and that the work of the evangelist is what it is, but you might be feeling called to do something else. You don't have verbiage. You don't have language. All you have is maybe a visitation from God, a dream, a vision, or perhaps a flyby prophetic word about your giftings being different. So if that's you and you're feeling placeless, you're feeling uh, like you need more clarity and direction and understanding about your interactions with God shifting and changing to something that's different than what's currently popular in the body of Christ, then you want to make your way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, because this event's going to help you find the language that you need and maybe some explanations that you need to understand what's happening in your life, where God may be shifting you at this season. So that date, November 15th through the 18th, it's very important. You don't have to be apostolic or even know your identity yet to come. Sometimes training, okay, will do that for you, define that for you, awaken things for you. You'll hear words and language and education and, 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 and conversations that will write, that will let people know or let you know, hey, that's me. That's where I'm at. That's 
that's what God's doing in my life. So, you know, I want you to consider that if you are that person that's saying, I need to figure this out. I'm not sure where I'm at. I feel like I'm being called to something else. God's moved me out of my church. He shifted me in my ministry. I need to figure this thing out. Join us in Tulsa, Oklahoma at that time. At that time. Okay? And if you're not called to it, you also could appreciate the affirmation and the ability yes. to confer and refer others that you need attributes that you will receive here yes, in true. Tulsa because this is a body-wide movement. And I'm telling you, I keep saying this. I've read it. I've seen it on the Internet. We don't, uh, when this thing first started, we weren't sure. This is happening. The church is going to go apostolic prophetic. It will not go any other way. It has to because these are the mantles that know how to pull it out of the fire and how to pull the, the fire and the smoke of the fire out of it. Yes. So, again, go to drpaulaprice.com and register. Bring your people, bring your leaders, and also bring your issues. And I want to talk about it. Prophet Adia will uh, come in uh, and, and elaborate on this. But we do have things for groups, okay? So if you're trying to bring a group, you're trying to bring a team, you want to bring your uh, prophetic team or ministry team um, or just a, a group of friends, that, okay, in your church, your ministry, or your neighborhood, Make sure that you do ask us about that. We have uh, not only group rates, but other things to help groups get here to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So make sure that you do reach out to us. You can call us directly, um, or you can respond to our email options online so that you can let us know that you want to bring more than just yourself in. Okay? Here's a thought. We also found out the last couple of years that there are people who bring their whole leadership team or family, and they rent houses instead of trying to pay for hotel rooms. Exactly. They do. They rent houses and get, from what I've understood, they get very economical rates. So it might be that you might not be able to afford a hotel room, but what if you all got together, shared a week-long lease or, or, or rental on a, on a vacation house? So they rent vacation houses here in Tulsa as well as try to a hotel. Now, naturally, with that decision comes transportation, but I think that it's up to you to to see how it works. So, um, and that happens all the time. In a house, you don't have to pay hotel food. You can literally go and uh, buy, go to the supermarket and get it. So if that's a problem for you, we've heard people do that. We just want you here. Then, of course, the ongoing question, if I can't make it, can I buy the DVD? Later? No. That will never sell our event uh, recordings because I feel very strongly about that. I don't like it. I think it's very unfair for somebody to put their whole life on hold, to go dig in their pockets, to go into their bank accounts, or even to gather the few pennies that they can to get here, and then we make a mockery of their sacrifice by selling them to someone else. So, no, you can buy maybe, but all of our events are, end up being our school curriculum anyhow, so that's never going to happen. If that's something that you please do away with it. Now, we will have moments of you know, you know, high points, Prophet Ashley can't help it. She just loves her Facebook, Periscope people. We'll have high points. You'll hear some of their comments. You'll hear some of their uh, experiences. We might even let you get a taste of the worship, but you will not get any of the sessions at all. So if you're going to come, you're going to have to make the same sacrifices and press that everybody who attends does. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Do we yet have an idea? I think there is a prophet out there. Is yes, there an there's a prophet in the house. All right. I'm going to need you to fix that mute button. 
<laughs> I, 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 Dr. Price, I was unmuted. I'm work. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on the coordination, but I am here. <laughs> well, okay. Take over with your. If you have comments, you can share them, and then let's move us into the announcements. Absolutely. I, I'll just uh, I'll just end by saying I thought that today was such a powerful uh, just discussion on those as as Prophet Tala pointed out the the evident differences that you were distinguishing today between that office and gifting. It's just a widespread teaching that we really really need. So I encourage you guys share this message. Uh, you know, tweet this out. Those of you guys who follow us on Twitter, tweet this message out. And those who are catching it on Facebook, Periscope, share this with your Periscope community. Share this with your Facebook community. A lot of people have questions about gift versus office, and they are just downright confused. Um, and so I, I love that you really tackled that. And honestly, so many other things that have already been commented on. So this is definitely a must replay. You've got to replay this mes- this message, listen to this again and again, so we can really understand what it is that God is expecting of us and how to go to the next level. So I'll just say that. And then if, if you're, if, are you wanting me to go ahead and just move into the announcements now? Yes. All right, guys, let's go ahead and transition. If you are joining us, if you're transitioning off of Periscope and you're, you're joining us online, you want to press that number one so that you can speak to Dr. Price in this second hour. We're going to give a few announcements to you guys and then toss it back to the team so we can continue with the broadcast. I want to welcome you to the Paula Price Show. You're listening live on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. You've heard a little bit about the Apostleship Summit on the broadcast today. I'm just going to give you the logistics about how you can get yourself registered. Prophet Paula was talking about the so if you are bringing a group, we have two different group specials. If you're bringing a group of five or more, then that rate is $89 for each member of that group. If your group becomes larger than 10, so 10 or more, then that rate is going to drop down to $75 Per group or per, for each member of the group. So what you'll need to do is you'll need to register your entire group all at once. There are some, well, there were some questions about that that had come in. You need to register your entire group at once, and you'll have an opportunity opportunity to do that when you click online to register. If you choose the group option, it will give you the amount of slots that you've chosen for your group. So if you're doing five or more, you'll need to put all five contact names and register all of your group at once, or at the ten or more. When you are registering with a group, you will have group seating at the event, so you'll all be able to sit together, and we will do some assisting in terms of all of your arrangements and helping you to make sure that those arrangements are made. So you can give us a call at 877-419-1299 at the office and we will help and assist your group in getting here and making sure that all of those details stay together. So again, give us a call 877-419-1299 if you'd like to like us to assist you with making those travel arrangements for you and your group, but you can register your group online at drpaulaaprice.com. When you click events, just click register, it will take you to the registration site and you'll be able to get all of those details filled in. We also want to let you know that you can register for the dignitaries dinner online as well. It is $50 for your entrance into the Dignitaries Dinner, which is happening on Wednesday evening, uh, the 5th at 7.30. That is going to be an amazing time. You don't want to miss out on this. So if you're coming to the event, you want to get yourself registered for the Dignitaries Dinner, which kicks off Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our guest speaker is going to be Dr. John Swales, 
from Oral Roberts University. So you don't want to miss out on this. It's going to be a beautiful location facility in Tulsa. Um, again, you can register online. When you register for the event, you can click and just add your dignitary's dinner ticket. You can also register later. Um, you can go back on to the same, you can go back through the same process and register for your dignitary's dinner later. So that's up to you. But the dignitary's dinner is available. Buy one, get one is over, guys. I'm sorry that ended on the 30th of September. However, early bird is still happening and that's $99 per person for your early bird but listen get it now early bird ends the 15th of October and that's not that far away so early bird is $99 get in on that early bird and get yourself there for $99 the Tulsa um, I'm sorry the November Apostleship Summit right here in Tulsa those dates for the last time today November 15th through the 18th November 15th through the 18th and we want to see you there at this really life-changing event Thursday night and Friday night are going to be open to the public so if you're in the Tulsa area we want you to come out and join us definitely bring friends we want you to register but bring friends with you Thursday night and Friday night as those sessions will be open. All right, Dr. Price and the team, I'm going to hand it back to you. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. Hello, my name is Prophet Dr. O. Spears, and I'm the author of Coaching Leadership Families. And I'd like to give you some really good news from Dr. Paula A. Price and PPM Global Resources. They have decided to appoint me as the new family advisor with a focus on encouraging, strengthening, and supporting apostolic, prophetic, and fivefold families in the body of Christ. I am honored to accept this position. And if you have any questions or you want more information or you'd like to schedule a family advisement, please contact Prophet Ashley Clater at 877-419-1299 or email us at admin at ppmglobalresources.com. Stop by Dr. Price's website, www.drpaulaaprice.com to join the email list, schedule a prophetic advisement, take an assessment, and join the Near Collaborative. You can also shop for products, book Dr. Price for your event, enroll in her webinars, 
register for events, and much more. Again, the website is www.drpaulaaprice.com, www.drpaulaaprice.com. It is our pleasure to introduce you to Price University, a post-secondary school of specialized education that specializes in master's and doctoral academic programs for the kingdom of God. Price University is unique because its vision expands the traditional Christian ministry education to include quality instruction of apostles, prophets, kingdom professionals, ecclesial, and entrepreneurs. Consequently, we make Christian ministry studies practical, effective, and powerful to profit our students beyond the classroom in their everyday world. Our four-point vision is credible apostolic and prophetic education, manifestation of the Lord's eternal kingdom in the now, and the ecclesia's dominance in human affairs and all nations in Christ and under God. Find out your place in Price University by visiting www.priceuniversity.org. Or call us today to schedule a consultation at 877-419-1299. Price University. Learn today. Lead tomorrow. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price, host of the Paula Price Show, reminding you to revisit last week's program at blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show. Okay, and we are back for the second hour of the one and only Paula Price Show with Dr. Paula Price, who just set us on a direction our first hour. If you are listening on the line right now, go ahead and press that one if you would like to give us your feedback. Get prayer, personal prophecy from Dr. Price today. If you need direction for your life, clarity in a multiplicity of situations, and you have come to the right place, all right. Uh, Dr. Price, are you ready for your second hour of power? Absolutely. I'm setting up my phone. It's sliding for me. Now, listen, all of you all who are waiting, I am, I am are you, can you hear me? I can't. Oh, good. Um, I am, the Lord has been dealing with me uh, much of this week about his future for his kingdom, companies. If you have a company, own a company, if you're called to do a company, make sure you call in today. And then also God is putting together, he's mobilizing several prayer efforts in the world. So if you are one of those people, make sure you call in for me to pray with you and also to help you uh, at least kickstart your strategy. So uh, everybody else, please, you're welcome. You need call, uh, healing, prayer, counsel, fine. But God is emphasizing today um, kingdom businesses and entrepreneurs, and he's emphasizing Prayer initiatives, which means that the intercessors and, of course, um, prayer warriors. I wanted to say that, Ashley, because, you know, every now and then he has, a, he has an agenda himself. Well, I appreciate knowing what's on the top of his stack. <laughs> so let's get going. Okay, our first caller. We actually have two callers with the same name, Dr. Price, calling from two different states. So this first caller's name is Naima, but this is Naima from Texas. Naima from Texas is calling for prayer for direction about city and career. Naima from Texas, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Thank you for having me. Hi, Naima. Good to hear your voice. 
Like yours as well. Thank you. So what are you up to? How come you haven't filled out that come home form? I um I guess I'm kind of scared and I just don't I don't know. I just I've beaten myself up, I guess, for the last couple of years with mistakes and I just feel exhausted and I don't know. I guess I'm kind of scared that when I finally get up, I just I don't know. I don't want to fail again. Well, I understand. And you know what? All of this relaunch that you see I had those same feelings before God broke that off of me and moved me forward. So can I give you a suggestion? I would like to suggest that we, that, with, that you make it a point to be here in November and stay a few days. We always have tours. We have city tours with the people who are considering relocating to Tulsa. We show them apartments and other things. Chief Prophet has a whole program so that you can do that and you can talk to her or our other representatives face-to-face. You can also, if you stay over, sit down and have conversation with every single one of these people who relocated to find out how they did it, et cetera. And once you decide that, if you decide that this is you, we then have a whole procedure to cloak you, to protect you and guard you, and to guide you as well as assist you in your relocation. I know what you're saying. I promise you I know that feeling. I had to live every failure and emotional response to failure that comes with being called to greatness. And my darling, you are called to greatness. And so the enemy is really intimidating you. So my my answer to you is come in November, say I'm going to stay two days, let Chief Prophet know you want to sign up for the tour. She usually has a list um, that's all being uh, built while people are coming, leading up to the event. But I think that you shouldn't do this, Cole. We are not one of those people that you are an organization that you move here and you get off the plane and you got what? See, that happened to me. A ministry told me I was going to do all of these things with them if I relocated here. They told me we, we're going to start a school. We want you to run the school. We're going to do all of these things. And when I got off the plane, they were not there, and they never reached out to me again, ever. Wow. They never even acted as if they did it. So I understand your fear. I mean, I'm telling you this because the way I was treated, brought into this city, is why I do it differently. So these people, many of them are taking, they're already taking interviews for jobs. They've been taking, many of them had interviews while they were packing. And so they're taking interviews for jobs and all of those kinds of things. But we do not leave them on their own. This is not a unicycle. We're going to give you a four-wheeler and some training wheels. So should I, um, I know go to this event through the 15th to the 18th, but should I, um, relocate there after going back into the service or because I, I no, can go no. back into the reserves? Should I bother with, does God want me to go back in the Army? I don't know what exactly he wants me to do. I, what, what God wants you to do right now is calm down. So I need okay. to find out why you feel so pressured. I... um. I don't really get along with my family, and when my son was about three and a half, my mom put us out for 
her to move a guy in, but she doesn't treat me the same as the other siblings. And now it's been about three years now, and I'm going back to court to get my son after a bunch of lies and stuff. And I just feel like I've just been stranded, and um, I'm just exhausted because I can't do, I can't work on my level. And um, I just feel like I've failed, and that's why I feel so pressured. It's like, you know, time, time, time. It's you got to stretch this money so he can eat. And it's just been well, really, sweetheart. really, really stressful, and I've made mistakes, and I, I'm just, I don't know, well, I listen, just feel. Let it go, because I'm going to help you. I'm, I see this, this, these things, these I can do. So the first thing I would tell you is I want to ask you before I give you my next comment, and is that are you in military or are you working? I'm not uh, working right now. I'm selling websites. And um, I've been talking to the recruiter who can get me back into the reserves, try to get me a unit, you know, wherever I'm I'm trying to live, and that's why I'm trying to find out, does, is that what God wants me to do? Should I try to go for a career field in the Army and ask them for one that has a long training because then that helps me get full-time afterwards, but locally, because uh, I can't go active duty with a, a child as a single parent. You can't go active, but you can go reserves. Um Come on over here, go reserve in Tulsa. We're going to pray with you, but what I want you to do before you, um, before this week is out, is I want you to go online and I want you to get a prophetic advisement because you've got a lot to say, but you've got a lot of pain to get out. I mean, I'm hearing it, and you've got a lot to dump in order for you to even forgive yourself. And so, and God is a God, God works fast on forgiveness. When people hold a grudge, they hold up God. So He wants you to forgive yourself, He wants you to forgive. Your, your mom and all of that, so that you can make a clean start. But you clearly need a clean start. One of the things that I do enjoy about God having relocated me here was that I was in all kinds of crossroads and quagmires too. And when I got here, once I got over the shock that I was misled, um, once I got over that, I, I realized that But I had a, a, a clean start. I had an opportunity where nobody knew my stuff, nobody knew anything. It was a clean Late. And that clean start invigorated me. I was able to clear my head. And I think some of our other callers would say the same. I mean, some of our other relocs would say the same thing. The, the, you need a clean slate and a clean start. And you and your son needs to be secure, and you need to feel your love. You need to feel like you're a part of something. I want you to come because you need to get rid of that orphan spirit. I want you to come because I want you to stop being abandoned everywhere you go. So I have a personal vested interest in you relocating that's beyond whether or not you like me or don't. This is about your survival right now. Right. And you're, I'm telling you, when you come, if you decide that if you if you decide you want to take a chance because God told you, and I always require God to you make sure God told you, then you need to pack, put on in, and say, you know what, I'm going to trust you all. Chief Prophet will work with you between now and then to make sure that you have a decent place to live, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I, I I really believe that for you. I'm, I don't say it to everybody. But I believe that, that this is one of those things that you're being pushed out of your region, pushed out of your, your old, pushed out of your past, and pushed into something new. And I think that this is a window you should take advantage of. Okay. So okay. what we're going to do is but I'm going to pray. The first thing I'm going to do is pray. The second thing I want you to do is get that 
um, prophetic advisement, go to drpaulaaprice.com, say, I want a prophetic advisement, and choose, uh, you should choose Chief Prophet since she probably is listening already and know that you're, going, you're struggling with these issues um, and that you already have a connection with her for your relocation. And then after that, I just want you to make, talk to God. And if God says, this is me, however, because everybody knows how God gives them a confirming word. Everybody knows. There is, it's different from everything you hear, and you know it's the one. And if he says that's him, then you need to start getting ready and, and talking with her about coming in November and just relocating here. Talk to the, the, your uh, military uh, recruiter and settle your life. You need this. You need this, because if not, you will not stop bleeding inside. That's why you can't stop crying. Right. You know, the sorrow of your soul is very great, but the desire, the fighter in you is really what's keeping that flame going. Now, I don't give this counsel to a lot of people because not everybody's ready, and then not everybody will take it well, because some people say, yeah, but I did that, and Dr. Price, and you didn't. No, no, I'm not that kind of person, but for you, God. God says this word to you. Emphatically, he said, this is your soul's survival. That um, That's a lot of what I've been feeling since I came across your videos. Um, I, I read your, uh, not read, I, I listened to your three-part series on soul stalkers, I think it was, um, and that helped me a lot. Just um, a lot of the videos that I've watched, i it's completely different than anything that I've followed um, and, and that you call it scripturally organic. It's, you know, you're really, and then the call today about accuracy, and it's, yeah, it is soul survival, and that's what I'm trying to fight for because i I just been all over the place. Okay, so, so I, let's pray you. I want to play you in, and I want you to get started. I mean it. I want you to get started today, okay? Okay. So call your recruiter and tell your recruiter you found out where you want to be. Okay. And then do that again, and, and then register for your advisor. I want you to do that because for you, this is your sole survivor. And sometimes people end up with disorders and maladies and mental illnesses because the solution that God gave was not uh, either familiar with them or compatible with what they believe, and so they missed that window. When, when that window's gone, you go the distance of everything else that was on the end of the event that got you in this place. So I want you to, uh, you know, circumvent that. I want you to do this. Father, thank you for Naima. Thank you for her life, her love for you. And, God, thank you for her hanging on. I see her on a rocky um, transit ride, holding on to a strap with one arm, being shaken all over the place. God, I thank you that you're going to cause her to land in home base. You're going to bring her where she deserves to be and begin to develop her into what you have ordained her to become before the foundation of the world. I'm asking you to give her peace right now, expedite her, her, uh, her court case, bring her son back into her life, into her arms, and, Lord, cause the recruiter to just set her in the right place here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the reserve, and God begin to rebuild this woman's shredded soul and her shredded life. And I'm thanking you. Ah, I'm asking you to do it in Jesus' name. Lead her and guide her, Father, as her Father, as her Father who art in heaven, who owns all things, who holds all power in his hands. 
Thank you for releasing her from that land, that geographic reason, a region, and those generation curses and those generation forces that have been authorized to maneuver her existence. I thank you for doing it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, amen. we're going to hear from you soon. Right? Yes. All right, talk to you soon. I got to take my next caller now. Who is my next Naima? <laughs> All right, Dr. Price. Your next Naima is from Georgia. And this okay. Naima from Georgia is calling in for prayer for recovery and direction. Naima from Georgia, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Is she there? Are you there? Okay, go find her. Give me somebody else. All right. We have next on the line, Sylvia from Connecticut, and she's calling in today, Dr. Price, for direction concerning um, whether or not she should transition from the church she is in and also an entrepreneurial endeavor. Sylvia from Connecticut, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you, Sylvia? I'm doing great. How are you? you but you know I'm on fire. You know, I'm up on the cloud. I'm up here with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I might be up in, in the Lord's abode in the sky right about now. <laughs> I, I Amen. Want to this. Tell me what you feel and what you're calling for. You know, you're, uh, God named you specially. I, I hear from the Holy Ghost that there were some special circumstances surrounding your name and that your name is deliberate and you need to study your name very carefully because, and and I mean for the negative connotations because all of them have it, Mm -hmm. but I need you to study Mm -hmm. your name because your name is going to be an entree of blessings for you. (laughs) Wow. Amen. I will do that. Yes, and ask your mom how she came up with that name because that name was I kind of get that it was reserved from or inherited from someone else way in your family tree. And so we need to find out what that is. But God is going to cause your name to be great in your earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. So now let's talk about the church. Why, what, why, why is it you think you should change your church? Okay. Um, well, my background is uh, definitely prophetic. I went to a great ministry years ago um, where I learned um, the School of the Prophets and learned in depth uh, really, you know, how to prophesy and, um, you know, the do's and don'ts, the pitfalls and all that. And there is definitely much more that I need to learn now that I've, that ministry closed, unfortunately, and I've had to kind of, you know, re- regroup and, you know, seeking God in a different way, especially with not having that mantle, it is it is quite different. <laughs> um, and so as a result, uh, years later, my husband and I were attending a wonderful church here in uh, Connecticut. However, its call is mostly evangelical. Um, and we obviously knew what we were signing up for when we joined. We knew that it was not a prophetic church, um, but because it was a great Bible-based, Bible-believing um, ministry, we joined. And so uh, my background is 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 music. I do sing prophetically and, and flow in that way. And so I joined the team more recently and um, things were going great. And I was, because it is not a prophetic church, they didn't quite understand the flow, but they're beginning to um, understand it. 
but I was told, we were told, the praise and worship team was told more recently that uh, from now on, services are going to become even more structured and that praise and worship needs to be timed and that we're going to have talk back mics in our, excuse me, lavalier or earpieces in our ear so that we can, they can assure that we stop and end on time, you know, so the person who's in the microphone will tell us how many times we've seen the chorus, how many times we've seen the verse, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, that's like culturally it's a shock for me because because like I said where I've come from and it's extremely confining and I know what God has called me to um, and back in November I had a great uh, counseling session with your daughter and she I spoke to her about this and she encouraged me to remain at that time remain on the team and she had said that you know I was supposed to finish the album that I was working on and to get that stuff done but that the season would come where God would tell me um, when when I would be released in that that season would come, but that I would know when that timing was. And so I want to support the ministry. I want to continue to be a part, but it's with these new restrictions, I'm just really concerned that I will no longer be, um, I will no longer be able to thrive in that atmosphere. Well, I thank you. You, you know, your call couldn't come in on a better day, but I want to talk to you about this. I want you to listen to me. All right. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Your training, is, is what I heard about your prophetic background is that you had the do's and don'ts, which probably were all about prophesying, how to prophesy, who, environment, mm-hmm. and all of that. But you said mm-hmm. the, the height of your training was how to prophesy. So I want you to go with me. Mm-hmm. And if you are a musical person, and you are, then prophesy or prophecy and music flow together for you. So the more prophecy flows, the more your music flows. The more your music flows, the longer your prophecies get or the longer your worship gets because mm-hmm. that's just classic stuff. So I just said to you, you're about to be big. And big does not let everybody ramble all over everything because big means you're big. Everything needs to have a timing, a spot, etc. I think God sent you to that church for two things, for you to learn the prophet, to learn the Bible, the way he needs you to know it, and mm-hmm. for you to understand structure, because most prophets today are unstructured, and mm-hmm. pe- many of them don't get they don't get called back. The people don't let them back in because you preach too long when you preach, or either you play too long and the worship is too long. Now we have mm-hmm. um, I have a, you know my church is apostolic prophetic, and they have a time. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are time. Yes. Yeah. We are not going to sit here and bind up people all day long because the music <laughs> minister is having a private moment and the, the right. speakers are having a private moment. And there's a difference. Right. I want you to listen to me. I'm saying something. I want you to be quiet. I want you to listen because I'm breaking something in your consciousness. They are not – you have got to know the difference between private devotions, musical rehearsal, and public ministry. Because they're not the same. In your private closet, you can go anywhere, come up with a hook, do whatever, pray, sing, whatever, and you can take as long as you want. When you are public minister, you are using people's time. And you are, you are also preempting what other people came for. You might want music, somebody else came from the Word, but the Word is now preempted, or the Word is shortened, or the people are kept longer. So my issue with prophets and prophetic churches is that they don't care about people's time. They never do. 
They will tell you, well, I don't care, this is God. But you know what? God speaks in White Houses. God speaks in concerts. God speaks in all kinds of structures and environments. And for your future, you need this. You need to stay there. You need to, if you want to go and, and go a long time and flow, flow in your prayer closet, flow in your studio. But you need this right now because where you're going, you're going to have earbuds in your ears on concerts, and you're going to have to stop. My church, we had um, one of our early days, we had a lot of musicians. And, of course, when you get a lot of musicians, again, prophets don't care about time, and they blame every, every breach of time and decorum and protocol on God. And so we, in our early church, we had a band. When we finally got to the point, our band kind of was crazy, so we got rid of the band. And that my, my singers sang to tracks. And if you ever want to be structured and get on, on point, because see, tracks don't care about it. They're going to go on to the next thing. And, but that ended up being the best discipline for my singers that I could think of. And maybe Prophet Ashley could speak to this, and she's the head of it. But that was the best discipline. We were sliding off notes that we weren't uh, adding, uh, prolonging sounds and notes, et cetera, and they're tight today. And the reason being, we have it in our mind that prophetic ministry is undisciplined, unregulated, unstructured, and impositional. It imposes itself on everything else that was planned for that day. It's kind of like preachers and, and meetings. I tell my people all the time, don't, don't, don't misuse people's time. And so God is doing this. This is God. That's why it's irritating you so, because it is God. This is God for you right now, because if you want to be on a big stage, you are going to have to tighten it up right now, and he's giving you a privilege to do so. And so if you can't thrive in structure, then you will not fulfill your destiny. Do you understand me? Yes. Yes, I do. So if you say you have a big call, we always like to say big call. Big big doesn't just mean more money, more people, more prestige. Big means tighter reins, structure. And, and, and we have got to stop training prophets to think they're above structure, that they're above order, that they have a right to waste people's time, their, their devotional experience. People don't always want to have your devotional song in their public service. They want you to sing the song that's going to help people, not the one that's going to lose you. So it's very important that you do this, and you need to do it with a, with a cheerful heart because if you're going to mm-hmm. fulfill the destiny that God has for you, you're going to obey because that's another thing prophets are terrible with. They are terrible at obeying the order and obeying the lay and the structure of the land. I don't have it. I tell my people, don't tell me God ran you over when God gave me the agenda. If God gave me the agenda and he told me 15 minutes, don't tell me he just, oh, my goodness, lost his mind because you were so great, you're going to take 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. People love coming to our events because we don't do that. We're on time. We, we, we stay within a structure. And I'm telling you something, if you want to make it in the big scene, in the big public, you better learn structure because those people, will not, they'll say, oh, wow, that was a good move, but God is great. You'll never get called back. Why? Because you blew their agenda, you blew their event, you blew their program. So we're not ever going to have that again. I want you to, to just sit down there and you go to God, God, I'm sorry, I didn't understand, I didn't get it. You were trained to be a ground-level, bottom-strata prophet. But God wants to make you one at the pinnacle. And at the pinnacle, they got orders, they've got structure, they've got obedience. They don't have that kind of leniency or laxity. Laxity is for those who have nobody to report to. 
Leniency is for those who have nobody who wants to report to them. But pinnacle is for you to be accountable to all of those that's controlling what God wants to get done. Do you understand me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you just heard, and as briefly as possible, tell me what you just heard that impacted you. I mean, I basically have had, I've had the wrong mindset. I've, the training was, wasn't complete. And, um, you know, I need to learn how to minister and flow within the confines of, 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 of the time that is set. Um, and God can, he can move in five minutes as well as <laughs> he doesn't need 20 minutes to move. He can move uh, with instruction and God is a God of order. And that's what he's requiring of me. And it's just a paradigm shift. I really have to um, digest this, this. Okay. So we're there. So because God did not tell you to leave that church yet. Your flesh is telling mm-hmm. you to leave. And mm-hmm. so we're going to just go ahead and have a little barbecue on your flesh. And you're going to stay there <laughs> and learn what God wants you to learn. And mm-hmm. you're also going to stop downnosing these people because they're evangelical. Those people have fought, held the fort for a lot of years. They've done some mm-hmm. great good for God. Just because God is making the next level up, we're not going to develop anything that's going to snub these people. They've done great work for the king and the kingdom. They just can't do the task that's imposed upon the king now. See, God has different things imposed upon him. So he has to use a different force of people to do it. But we are all one in the body of Christ, and we have got to learn to cooperate. We have got to learn to collaborate. We have got to learn to to confer and, and treat each other like colleagues with different parts of a massive plan. So you're not going to do that. Now, you had a, you had a question about your entrepreneurship. Um, yes. Um, that, that had more to do with... Um, using my voice in other capacities. And uh, more recently, I've started pursuing a work, you know, doing voiceover and, um, you know, using my voice for different things, commercials, and I'm trying to build that business there. But I'm not sure if it's God's timing for that. I know I have, you know, an album to complete, and so I want to make sure that I manage my time wisely and that I'm doing what he's asking me to do in this season. So my question was, should I be pursuing um, the voiceover piece, um, you know, that, that piece in the season as a voice artist. So do you need the money? Yeah, currently I'm not working, so I was looking for it to be a some type of part-time, you know, thing. And if, it, you, if it grew into full-time, that would be great. But then you need to work to take care of yourself. So, right. you know, unless unless you have some sort of, sort of alternative for that income, my recommendation is that you do what everybody else does. We do albums, write books and everything, and still hold down jobs. Mm-hmm. Don't we? And that's what yes, you did yes. before. So mm-hmm. consider it as your tent making. We all need some. And in today's economy, that's very important. So if God's provi- if God here's the deal, if God provides you the jobs, He's already going to tell you that's how He's going to supply your needs and provide your income. If He doesn't, then He won't. Then you won't. It, 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 nobody will care. You won't get any interest. And you know how it goes. So my mm-hmm. suggestion is to pursue it and to see what God would do to bless it. So I'm going to bless it because you need the economy. 
I'm going to bless it and bless you to get opportunities and, and also thank God for, for releasing his, his spirit, spiritual and natural agents to get you jobs, to get you, um, you know, opportunities to finance yourself because you need to do that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Amen. Thank You're you. Very, let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for Sylvia. Thank you, Lord, for her humility. She she really does have a humble heart, God. She just wants to share you and show you off and love you. But I thank you, Lord, for shifting her into the way you know you need to be shared and loved and worshipped in within the context of the assignments that you give her. I thank you, Lord, for teaching her not just not just to be uh, 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 aware of people's time, but to be a prophet that understands that if a prophet can't work within timing, there is a prophet that will not be used. Because, God, you need your prophets to be the timepiece, to be the, the regulators and the TikTok for all the earth. And if we don't do it in these tasks that you assign us, then, God, how will we do it when big things are on the line? So I thank you for, for working that in her spirit, needing it in her soul, giving her the job she needs, and, Lord, giving her favor with her church and compassion with her church. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. God bless you. Hallelujah. You too. Bye-bye. Prophet, bye-bye. Prophet Ashley, just give me a minute. Okay. Doc. Okay. Hold on. To all of you who are listening out there, just because God sends you to other churches as a prophet does not mean he wants you to convert those churches, what they are, to to make them prophetic churches. You're not in all of those churches to make them prophetic churches. You're in there to be the prophet on the site, to secure that church, to take care of that church, to pray for that church, to fend off the darkness. You're not there to just prophesy your way and constantly come up as a frosting on the cupcake. He doesn't need that. He needs you to understand he doesn't want all those churches. Those Baptist churches, they're Baptist because he wants them to be Baptist. They're Methodist because he wants them to be Methodist. They're Episcopalian, Anglican. They're whatever because he wants them to be that. He's not sending you in there to make every church prophetic or else why do we have the fivefold? He needs them to be there, but he does need them to be protected because those church, they don't always have to know your prophet just for you to be the protector and the guardian. You know, oh, but we fly on the plane all the time not knowing who the air marshal is. But, but you know what? He's not trying to be a passenger either. So I need you all to get it in your mind. This is a new day, and you don't have to have 35 minutes or an hour prophetic ministry just because you think you're at home in your prayer closet. You need to work within the structure of these churches, and you need not to impose your own perception and your own mantle on theirs. If they want you to stop worshiping in 15 minutes, stop worshiping in 15 minutes. If you can't get it done in 15 minutes, then you need to check your prophetics. If they want you to start uh, at 10 o'clock and the rest of them want to start and other people don't come in until then, then you play to chairs until everybody comes in. But be the person who sets and upholds the order. That's the number one thing these pastors need from you. They need you to uphold the order. They need you to enforce the order and endorse their way of doing things, endorse what God gave them. And so 
I think that all praise and worship teams ought to have that element of the prophetic. I think prophets ought to be able to set them up, but not if you're going to take them out of their commission, their missions, and their way of doing things. And I'll tell you the truth, anybody who comes to Tulsa in November know Prophet Ashley, Prophet Adia, we're going to have some order. These are prophets who work within it. And if I tell them I need y'all done in two minutes, they are going to be done in two minutes because that is how we handle business. Prophets that cannot honor time and regulate time will be prophets that God will never use highly or broadly. Okay, Prophet Ashley. All right. Amen. Okay, we have um, next. Uh, Naima from Georgia is back. She was actually on the line. We just, well, I think today the line might be a little fussy with being able to hear some of our people. So she is here, Naima from Georgia, calling in for a prayer for recovery and direction. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. Amen. Thank you so much, Prophet Ashley and Apostle, Dr. Prophet um, Paula Price. You have been such a blessing in my life. I first um, grew to know you through your books and then through your videos, and I count it nothing short of an honor to be able to speak with you today. Uh, so God bless you. Um, today, you. I, amen, um, today I um, I just have some, uh, uh, I guess, issues, but I guess I can, to, to just kind of sum it up, um, I had, over the last couple of years, I had experienced um, some major, major betrayals uh, from my children to people who was on my team, uh, my children being adults, to people on my team um, because I am uh, in ministry and and it broke my heart. Uh, The type of ministry uh, that the Lord has put me in um, isn't really traditional, meaning we do most of our uh, ministry from house churches to, um, uh, and when I say house churches, the ones that I would plant, um, and uh, through teleconferences. Um, and sometimes I would speak out every now and again to, to the traditional churches. Um, it's very much an Acts 2 ministry, and um and the way that the Lord uses me in teaching is and and leading and um I don't know if to say manage but 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 just in ministry in general um it's pretty much I, I guess some would say it militaristic to a degree only because I believe if God said it that's it. It's not subject to my approval, it's not subject to how I feel, my opinion. He's God, he's king, point blank and period. You know. I have to conform my thoughts to his, not vice versa. And so, you know, so anyway, um, maybe back in 2015, uh, that's when things really started started to heighten for me in terms of, you know, just looking around you and seeing people was just taken from you and, you know, all these different things was happening. And normally, you know, I would just pray myself through. I would teach, you know, continue teaching, continue going, continue going because I wouldn't, allow myself to get caught up in my feelings. And I think at the ending of the year, matter of fact, I know, toward the ending of the year, I said, you know what, I'm not in my feelings for a bit. But what I did not know <laughs> was that I would stay there for an extended period of time. Um, and then from that, I lost 
so many things. I, I, I pulled myself away from ministering to people because my heart was broken and I knew I needed to heal. Um, I pulled myself away from God because I was angry and I kept the communication, but I was just mad at him. You know, I, I, was, I separated myself from people because I felt like, you know, I was too vulnerable um, because I was too hurt. And so um, that happened, you know, it's been over, it's close to two years now. And so now I'm looking and I know that the father, I don't know a better way of saying this, but I know that I was created for a time such as this. I know that he's been grooming me. Uh, for what we're seeing today. Um, even before I understood some of the things that he was showing me in visions and visions and, and speaking to me and telling me, okay, prepare for this, uh, prepare that prophetic intercessory army, prepare them for what's about to happen in the United States, prepare, prepare, prepare. And so, and so for me to allow my feelings, you know, or to get caught in my feelings just wasn't cool because it opened a doorway to a whole bunch of stuff. And so... I need to I need to um, to move forward. Um, I'm a little scared, um, only because I I love the people. I, I I truly genuinely I genuinely love the people. It's not about well I'm trying to make a name for myself. No, I'm trying to make a name for Christ. I'm trying to spread His name. Um, but it's not about me building my ministry because I don't have a ministry. It's His ministry, and so. Um, and so, so now, you know, I'm at this place, and I'm like, okay, it's time for you to get out of the, um, up the sidelines, you know, because uh, a spiritual warrior, you can't help when you hear what you call the, the spiritual drums in the spirit realm. You still hear them. Okay, so you try to bring them out, but you still hear them. Okay. And and right. and you're able. Hello, I'm jumping in because you're going to run out of time and you're not going to hear me. Everybody will hear okay. you. But I'm, you I'm hear. That's okay. You're feeling very tense. First of all, I think that, um, you know, God, what, what God starts us off with is not what he wants to end with. He's like mm-hmm. any other trainer. His wisdom is that let me start you off with the difficult, the unbelieving. I always tell everybody, every new ministry just about, everyone just about, starts with the unbelievers. The people who have been unfaithful to God, faithless, flighty, flaky, you know, obstinate, resistance, rebellious. He starts us off with that. I mean, think about Israel. The, the, the people who took, out, took over Jericho are not the people who came out of Egypt. And the people who came oh. out of Egypt fussed out all the time. They fussed all the time. They, 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 I don't like the, uh, I don't want these things. Where are leaks? Oh, my goodness, we missed the onions. Oh, my Lord, this is some sandy stuff. Why, why did you bring us out? I don't like who made Moses it, who made you rule over us. I mean, they, that's the beginning. God starts you off with not his best. He makes you earn his best by working through and converting the best of the, of the, of the least that he has. So he will send in people who are just difficult. They just don't like anything. He'll send in people with aspirations of being great ministers for nothing. He'll send in people who are, you know, thieves, robbers, take over. That's just what you are. You know, we act like the only thing that came out of Israel was what, like God. Half of them people came out of Israel didn't even know God. You know, they were mm-hmm. under the gods of Egypt. And so that's number one. That was part of your training, you know. And, and, and you prove, and God wanted to prove how unready you were by how unwilling you were to die for what he needed. Mm-hmm. You'll feel 
got hurt, they broke your heart, or whatever. Trust me, anybody who's in ministry, especially the people at the top, will tell you that's standard operating procedure. That's just what yeah. it is. God through his problems, then he will put you up as his solution. You have got to experience every one of God's problems if you're going to rise. And so you did that. And then, you know, I, I, there's a whole lot more that I'd like to say if there were a lot more time. But I want to talk to you about even the, even the idea of you doing that, nobody. When you start out with no one, and God has told a lot of people to do it and will tell a lot more, you need to understand no one means you are the only one. You're going to take everything. There are no buffers. There are no guards, no layers between you and the difficulty. And that's what he wants. He wants to see how do you handle yourself under pressure? How do you handle yourself when your family pick up? How do you handle yourself when your job is a competition? How do you handle yourself when it doesn't turn out right and you did everything right? Are you still his servant? You said, I'm not. So you and God are going to start, and then you ended up, you were mad with him. God, Listen, God could take a fussing out and whatever because he's the almighty. What God can't take is for you retaliating against him. That he does not go with. But just to retaliate against him for his own purpose. So you and God have a lot more work to do. I would like to tell you two things, my beloved, two things I want you to do. I want you to get a prophetic advisement, and I want you to get on at least a six- to eight-month program. You need a confidant. You need intercession. You need an advisor. You need a prayer partner. And you also need a redesigner of what God called you to do. If you did that uh-huh. for like eight months, you will be able to find yourself again. Because, sweetheart, I live this. And I know the brokenness that men, and that brokenness will get you in the middle of the night. You don't even know why. I used to, I mean, it, the pain was so severe, I would be in a deep sleep, wake up with tears all over my pillow. I didn't even know I was that hurt because, you know, you, we got to do our job. Yeah. But you still... Yeah need help. You will not come back online without uh, somebody to help you. So I would love to see you do that. And, uh, and it's important to me to see that you get back in your place whole and well, uh, well, um, well nourished with what you need to do. Right now, you want to just jump back in and say, okay, it's like, you know, you know how our kids used to do it. Jump in. Okay, God, I got my lesson. I got it now. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go again. God's like, uh-uh. Because I got to deal with all of the reasons why you left, yeah, and why you leaving me and reacting to me the way you did was the best solution. So I want you to do that, and I want you to get in the three day program with uh, Prophet Ashley because she's like one of our best three Ds. I don't know how, but she just finds out how to do it. I want you to get in the three D program with her, and if you need okay. counseling and advice, then we will set up a program with, uh, with our other partners and colleagues to make sure that you get the best and most comprehensive treatment recovery plan possible. But do not start ministry again yet because you are not ready. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. He's a certified Jesus. I got to pray because my time is up. Father, I thank you so much for Naima. I thank you for her help, her love for you, her commitment, and even her struggling to be restored. Now, God, take over her restoration. Take over her recovery. Bring it into what you want so that you get the harvest out of it you seek. Lord, I bless you for this woman. Thank you for today's Paula Fright show. All of you all remember, go back to Black Talk Radio and listen to it again and again. Don't forget to revisit it on Facebook and Periscope. But most importantly... Go back over the counseling because there's a lot of wisdom that came out today. 
or the, probably the whole show, but a lot of wisdom came out today. I will see you on Sunday for Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity with the Congregation of the Mighty. Have a great afternoon. Yeah. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price thanking you for joining me on this week's show. I want to remind you that the counsel and wisdom, the prayer and prophecy that you enjoy today does not have to end with today's program. You can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show and join tens of thousands of people who re-listen to my program every week. Again, blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show and you can relive the experience every single day. God bless you.